0: of the Lord amen Amen. and let's sing to our God and give him praise in this place today with all that we have amen
1: future. You are. are. Sickness is not my story. you You are. Heartbreak's not my home. You are. You are. Death is not the end. You are.
0: Today, if we're going through fear, or heartbreak, or suffering, that uh, God is with us, and His goodness is, is, He's there with us as we walk through those valleys. So, I just want to encourage you today, just to really focus on Jesus. Okay, you know, despite everything around you, just focus in your mind's eye upon Him. Worship Him today. God, You're so good.
2: from all eternity there will was...
3: How's everybody doing this morning? So, I've been doing a series on my top four messages, my top four uh, passages in the book of Revelation uh, with our students. And this past week, we talked about the the throne room when they asked who could open the scroll and there was nobody. And then the lamb came forward and, and they joined everybody around this throne room. It was a really cool passage. But all of the angels and all of the elders and these millions and millions of people in this scene um, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. They all sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is and who was and who is to come. And so when we sing what we just sang, we are joining with the choirs of heaven that are singing to Jesus. Let's give God some praise. Amen. We are joining with all of those angels right now. What a cool thing that is. This is not just a religious thing that we've done here, that we're just singing a song here, but we are joining with the hymn of heaven right now. What a cool thing it is. I'm so glad to be here with you. And I want to welcome you. If you are a guest with us today, we want to say welcome. We want to say thank you for joining us. You could have been anywhere else, sleeping in in a nice, warm, cozy bed. Doing anything else in this beautiful town that we live in, but you chose to be here, and I want to say thank you for joining us. We want to help you get connected to some great people. So there's two great ways that you can do that right now today. If you're online, you can scan this QR code with your uh, with the phone uh, with your phone camera, or um, if you're here in the in the house, you can scan that QR code right there, and it pulls up a website. And it pulls up a website there, and it has all sorts of information on there. You can sign our Connect card. You can join the church. You can sign up for baptism. You can find out about events here in our church and all sorts of things. You scan that thing. If you're also in the house, we'd love it if you'd stop by our welcome desk. We've got a lot of desks out there, but we've got a welcome desk with lots of great information. We'd love to help you get connected to some good people here and help some good people here to get connected with you. So we want to say thank you for joining us today, I got a couple of announcements that I'd like to share with you. The first thing is that today at 4 p.m. in our sanctuary, right across the atrium, we have a congregational meeting. We're going to talk about some things for our 4G campaign, and we need uh, we need some uh, we need to let you guys know about it and talk about it and get everybody to vote on it because you are the board of directors. We're we a congregationally-led church, and so if you want to hear about what's going on with our 4G campaign, then come over here today at 4 p.m. Next, if you're a man in the house, can I get a... Oh, 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 oh. Okay, there's three of you. Come on, men. Come on. Like, if you're a man in the house, give me your best grunt. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. All right. This Saturday, we're going to have a men's event, and it's going to start at 9.30. We're going to eat a lot of meat. We're going to do a lot of fun things. We're going to throw axes and stuff like that. And we're going to learn about Jesus. So if you um, are a man in the house, come here this, uh, uh, this Saturday. Register. I think we have a table out there in the atrium. You get information about it. It's going to be awesome. No women allowed. And so, uh, so show up. Bring your sons and invite your neighbors because it's going to be a really cool event that doesn't feel like church. But it's going to bless your socks off. The third thing is, um, in the student ministry, we have an event coming up in March. The first weekend of March. March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It is called Impact Weekend. You may have heard of it called D-Now. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a, an event where we come together for a weekend. It's like camp in a weekend. If you have a teenager or if you know a teenager, they need to be at this event. I'm telling you, God's spirit is, is, is working even now to prepare for what's going to happen there. I'm really excited to bring my friend Brad Fogarty to bring the messages, this man listens to the Spirit of God and he brings whatever message God's Spirit is, it leads him to bring. And any time that I've experienced, the, the uh, many times that I've experienced the powerful movement of God's Spirit, it's been under the leadership of Brad Fogarty. He's going to come and teach us about the, the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be amazing, and then he's gonna preach here on that Sunday morning too. It's gonna be awesome. March first, second, and third. If you have a teenager or no one, they need to be at that event. They can register by going to AnastasiaChurch.org/ImpactWeekend, and it's it's, it's gonna be awesome. I want to just take a minute to pray for our offerings as we uh, as we give and as we um, as we use this, these funds to do what we what, to build God's kingdom. Um, I get an opportunity to minister to our teenagers. And when we do things like Impact Weekend, we have scholarship funds. And that's because of your generosity. People give to help students who don't have, who don't have the funds to get there. And so um, they, they're able to get there. So we're always able to tell kids, don 't let money be an issue don 't let money be an issue for the events that we do and and I want to thank you for that if're if you 're if you're a guest with us today we don 't want anything from you we just want something for you but if you 're a member here and you want to you want to give to our students and help them to a- attend all of these great events that we do and all of this, all the ministries that we do some a lot of these kids who don 't have the money to, to get here then um, then you can do that as well through all of our our giving portals but I want to thank you and I want to pray that God will continue to use the generosity of our church for his glory. So will you guys pray with me? God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time that we could gather here together and sing your praises. We thank you for blessing us so much. And we pray that you will use our tithes, our offerings, our talent, our time, and our treasure for your glory. Do what only you can do with it. Build your kingdom, not ours. Lord, we thank you for this day. and We pray that you'll speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.
4: Hey, church family. What an awesome opportunity that we have to celebrate God's faithfulness. And we have a young man named Micah is coming to get baptized. Michael, you come down this morning. And church, um, joined in here in this room in the sanctuary uh, with all the children's ministry. And they are so excited to see our friend Micah get baptized this morning. And they're going to be cheering him on in here in just a minute. But I need you in the CLC and are, we are separated by four sets of doors to make some noise for Micah when he gets baptized, all right? So we're going to test this out. So I need you in the CLC to be loud. And I need you to say, hey, Micah, all right? So you ready? One, two, three, say, hey, Micah. Hey, Micah. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're so excited for Micah. Micah is in the fifth grade, right? And he just won his flag football game on Friday night. His favorite position to play is running back. I'm pretty sure that he could beat me in a race. And, uh, but I'm so excited for Micah because he's excited for this day, right? Yes. Amen. So Micah, i got two questions for you. One is, do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. And is he your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Awesome. And so Micah, I'm going to have you stand right here. By the profession of your faith, it is my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death. Raised to the newness of life. Come on, church, let's make it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Congratulations, Micah. Right. Good job, guys. Awesome.
5: <laughs> hey, good morning, church. I want to give you an update on where we are with four generations to come. I'll ask you to put that slide up on the screen. Uh, you know, 2024 is the year we're claiming the for generations to come, claiming the 4G vision. In a few months, we are going to be... Uh, Going to be entering into the rec center and all those ministries there. A few months later, after that, into the next gen center. Our goal is to get to $8.7 million in donations by the end of this year, cumulative. And right now, we are about $3,200 short of $7 million. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. Praise God. So we are, in the last four years, this is where we are, so sometime this week, I'm anticipating that the Lord's going to help us go over that $7 million mark as we claim the vision for four generations to come. Amen? Amen? Amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging in with us. Praise God for that. You can take that off the slide if you want to. I want to introduce some, some people here. I would like to uh, have these four people come up, and if you don't mind uh, bringing your... Uh, wives with you. That would be great. Um, Stu Mendelssohn. Hey, there's Stu. And I have Evan Nicolosi and Phil Nicolosi. And we have Greg Oxford. If you guys would come up here to the front, we have you right here on the front there. And uh, Eric Curtin right here is our chairman of deacons and he's serving as deacons. Let me share with you why they are up here. Uh, Back in Acts chapter 6, there was a problem in the church. And the problem was that all the ministry wasn't being done fairly or it was perceived that it wasn't done fairly. And the 12, the disciples, they said to everybody there, they said, They said, pick out from you, brothers, seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty, to doing these ministries. And at Anastasia, we follow that model. We, we choose, as a congregation, among ourselves, these are the people that we're asking to, to help in ministry. We call them deacons, and these four men are serving for their first time as deacons at the church, and their wives are here in support of them. And, and, and let me tell you what deacons do. Deacons, they oversee important ministries of the church. Next week, when we observe the Lord's Supper, you'll see deacons that have organized that, prepared it, and are passing it out to you. They they organize the baptism ministry that you saw. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background there. They make sure that everything is ready. We have a benevolence ministry. When there's a church a church member who's in need, we take it to a committee of the deacons to see about meeting that need. Um, we have a special ministry that we minister to widows in the congregation. We have over 100 members of our church that are widows, and we have a James 1, 20 Seven ministry. These are the kinds of things they do, and they also they they're they're so very important. They're they're servant leaders, and and they serve as an important sounding board for for the pastoral leadership here. And so in January they're beginning a new term, and we need to pray for them. These people were praying for the very first time, and so because of that, in honor of that, we're giving them uh, Bibles with a uh, 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 I wrote in them a little note of inspiration. I hope you are inspired by it. And then uh, we want to pray for you the first time. And we want to invite anyone that wants to come up to pray with them in a minute. But also these deacons that are serving actively for this year. If you are a deacon in our church serving actively, would you just stand where you are? We want you to stand because we want to pray over you as well as you serve this year and then uh so we want to pray for all these people so if you know any of these that you want to stand up with them i'm inviting you right now congregation we'll all stand if you're around one of these people put your hand on them put your hand around them put your hand toward them if you want to gather around some of these people you do this now because we want to pray that the lord will use these servant leaders in a powerful way here at anastasia come up don't be shy Some of these people I've known since they were kids here at this church and now they're leaders in this church. Praise God for that. Yeah, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for these men, their families, their wives as they begin a year of sacred service to you and to this church. And Lord, I thank you for their calling. And Lord, I thank you for their commitment to serve. And Lord, I ask that you would grant them wisdom and discernment and a deep understanding of your word. Lord Jesus, I pray that that they would serve with humility and compassion and love. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them to fulfill their duties with joy and perseverance. Oh Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on them. Pour out your Holy Spirit, empower them. Lord, I pray you protect their families and surround them with your grace and your peace And your strength. And in Jesus' name we pray this. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you, those that are serving. We're so proud of you and grateful for you. Amen. Hey, I invite you to take your Bibles and open up to Titus chapter 2. Last time I was here, I I challenged you to be better with your Bible than you are now, wherever you are. And I wonder, is there anybody that learned how to find where Titus was in the Bible? Okay, Three little chapters up there toward the end of the New Testament, yeah. So anyway, open up your Bibles to Titus chapter 2. We're in a journey through the book of Titus, and we're focusing on godly foundations. And just as a recap, Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this, and he wrote it to a young pastor named Titus, who had been sent to a culture that was super immoral, sent to a culture that was really against the word of God, and and sent to a new church with many believers who were young and immature in the faith, and they needed to build a foundation. And Titus was the one, this young pastor who was supposed to help them build that godly foundation. And so now we get to chapter 2, and I want to call this message, Every Person is Important. See, that, that's one of our core values here at Anastasia. We have six core values. Jesus is the way. The Bible is the map. Disciple-making is our mission. Love is our greatest command. Serving is our privilege. And every person is important. And you know, I, I see this in this passage that every person is important. You are important. All of us are important in the kingdom of God. There is not anyone here if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there's no one here that does not have a purpose. All of us have a purpose, and we all have a, a potential for making a difference in someone else's soul. That's what chapter 2 is about. And what is the difference that you're going to make? Every person is important. Now, you can't fix everyone's problems. God didn't call us to fix everyone's problems. Okay? We're not called to do that, okay? And you and I cannot create world peace, much as we'd like to think we can But we can all be an influence for Jesus Christ in the lives of someone. Amen? Amen. Amen. We can all be that influence. So anyway, I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Titus chapter 2. Would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? This is what Paul writes to Titus. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourselves in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned. So that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They're to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith. So that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you for the truths that are here. And Lord, help us to receive what you you have for us, Lord. Help us to be the very best you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. amen. You may be seated. So Paul addresses five groups of people and shares how they can make a difference in the kingdom of God, how they can make a difference in bringing healthy faith. Five groups of people, older men, Older women, younger men, younger women. I don't know what the dividing line that he uses for older women and younger women. I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to go there, okay? But I want to I address the truth. The truth that he addresses to each and every in group, they really apply to all of us. They really apply to all of us. And so let's just break this down a little bit. He says there in uh, in verse two. He says older men are to be sober-minded and dignified and self-controlled and sound in faith and love and in steadfastness. So he's talking about the older men of the island of Crete, men who are mature. And he says you need to be an example. Older men, you need to be an example of what it means to have Jesus Christ transforming your life. Sober men who think things through, who are level-headed, dignified. He's saying older men don't be fools. Okay? Don't be fools. Be self-controlled. Be, be complete. And he said you need to grow in three things. You need to grow in faith, grow in love, grow in steadfastness, grow, grow in your dependability, and people know by your example who, who you are and how you live your life. And, and here's the job of older men and all of us, okay? Here's the job of older men. Never give up. Never, never, never give up. We are never too old to set an example. That's the first thing you can write down in your sermon notes. Never give up, okay? And You're never too old to set an example. I don't know if you saw the Instagram feed where we were playing pickleball this past week. And if you, you know, then uh, I've never played pickleball in my life. And, and, you know, we had two old guys against the two younger guys. Just, just want you to know... Um, Really, they won every point except for the very last one. And once we won that last point, well, I called. I called, claimed the victory. Okay, here we are. The old guys, we won. Now, it, it looks a lot different like that on the video because the, the person that directed and produced and edited the video, video reports directly to me. That's the advantage of being an old person, okay? <laughs> but, but, you know, the goal is we need to be an example. Never give up. Younger Christians, they need examples. They need to see that generation before them. They need to see them showing what it means to have Christ in your life and what it's like when Christ grows in your life for decade after decade. This world needs to see that kind of transformation over a long period of time. So never give up. There's a temptation to get burned out. There's a temptation to get tired, but never give up. You are never too old for Christ to use you. Never give up. There is, is so much power in letting people see what transformation looks like over a long period of time. You know, as a pastor, I look to other pastors, okay? And there are pastors that I have looked up to as, as examples. And, and can I just share with you, I think I'm, I must not do good at some of the examples I look up to. Because so many of those pastors I look at at a national level have fallen away in disgrace and I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I pray that's never me. I pray that I, pray that, that I stay steadfast, that I'm always going to be the example. Uh, you know, don't be that person. Be the person who finishes well. Never give up. I was uh, at the funeral yesterday for Otis Mason. You know who Otis Mason was? He's not just a school, okay? Otis Mason Elementary School. He was, he was the first elected superintendent of schools here in St. John's County and in Florida, black, African-American, okay? And, and he, led this, he led this school system and, and was helped to steer it through integration, and he took a lot of hard hits. But I want you to know, he was a follower of Jesus Christ, a humble servant of Jesus Christ till the day he went to be with the Lord. Amen. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. He did so much good. Did so much good in a time when we needed people to stand up and show what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, anyway, his, his, his advice to older women. I'm going to talk to you older women. I don't know who you are. Everyone here looks like a younger woman in the room. But if you happen to know an older woman, you might want to pass this on. It says that older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior and not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good and so train the young women. Similar advice that he said to the, to the men, the seasoned men. He said, be reverent. And that, that word reverent in the Greek, it's taking the word holy and taking the word conspicuous. And it puts it together. You're to be conspicuously holy. Reverent. Okay, reverent. Not slandering, not gossiping, not being drunk. You know, uh, but, but, you know, in, in, these are the vital components of our life for every believer, We need to to be conspicuously holy. We need to show in our lives that Jesus Christ is making a difference and then we need to teach and train. These are the two things there's to do. Teach what's good and train the young woman, okay? Teach and train. Train those who are younger than you, whoever is less experienced in the faith than you are and with whom the Lord has opened up a, a relationship. God has opened up a relationship with people that are younger than you or less experienced with you that you can have an influence. And be that influence. Teach and train. Train the next generation. So, so uh, the next point is this. Become an intentional influence. Become an intentional influence for the next generation. We're talking about for generations to come here at Anastasia. We're building a next-gen center for preschoolers, children, and youth, and families. And how does that next generation hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ? God uses his church. Christ uses his body here on earth to take one generation to proclaim the mighty works of the Lord to the next generation, and so influence, with, influence them. You notice, Paul didn't say to Titus, "Titus, you should tell the young women how to be young women." He didn't say that. Paul's a smart man. He said, "Titus, talk to the older women. Tell them to talk to the younger women." Okay. He said, "Titus, you don't need to be going, You don't need to be going mansplaining to all the women." in the congregation, what it means to be a young woman of faith and how to navigate life. You know, there are people that God opens up relationships for us to be able to speak in the truth of the gospel. And i tell you what, you you wanna see a change in culture? I wanna see a change in culture. You wanna see a change in culture? Quit complaining about culture, invest in that culture, train that culture, teach them about Jesus Christ, plant the word of God in their hearts, make a difference. You're important. You can be an intentional influence. Now, verses 4 and 5 says, And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. And I love this phrase, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now, I know most of you are waiting with bated breath. What's Pastor Walter going to say about women submit, submitting to their husbands, okay? Because when I come to this passion, I'm often, passage, I'm often accused of, of assigning it to an associate pastor than going on vacation. <laughs> Easy way to handle that. that. That's a great way of exegesis, okay? No. But submit means to respect. Submit means to respect. Respect your husband. Submit does not mean putting up with abuse. Submit does not mean putting up with humiliation. That's not what it means to submit to a husband. It means to respect. It means to be kind and to respect your husband as someone who's given a responsibility to provide and protect and provide leadership in the home. And and just so you know there, in the greater context of scripture, husbands are supposed to all, we're all supposed to submit to one another. We're all supposed supposed to be kind and respect one another. And we're all called to do this. And, and, And so there's mutual respect And I'm going to follow Paul's advice, you know, that women are the best people to teach women what works best in marriages in their lives because God's opened up that relationship. But the point is this, you know, do you trust the word of God? Do you trust the word of God? Because it's saying here that the word of God might not be reviled. See, it's embracing the priorities of God. We say here at Anastasia that the Bible is the map. Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Do you really believe the Bible? Are you willing to invest that into somebody else? Do you embrace the priorities of God? And so that's the next point. If you want to make a difference, embrace God's priorities. We all have priorities. We have priorities, but God has priorities, okay? You know, the Word of God is not just one of 10 different techniques to have a happy marriage, it's the map of our lives. It's not just one way to have peace uh, out of a hundred different ways to have peace. It's it's a map of our lives and and embracing his word. I'm embracing God's priorities. I'm embracing God's plan. I'm I'm embracing God's will for for my life and for this earth. So it says the word of God might be be reviled. You know, I want to bring praise and honor and glory to God. Um, An Old Testament version of this. Uh, it would be Psalm 23. And in that place where it says, uh, it says, uh, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. And get this, for his name's sake. For his name's sake. For the value of his name, for the importance of his name, for the greatness of his name, for the majesty of his name. For his name's sake, we should be living and walking down those paths of righteousness. I mean, his 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 name is holy, his name is great. And for his namesake, walk down the paths of righteousness, embrace the priorities of God. Be holy, for our God is holy. Anyway. And you know what? If you follow the path of righteousness, do you know where that path leads? It leads to heaven. Not because of how good we are, but it's because we're staying close to God. And and, and when we're close to God and we embrace the Lord, he takes us to heaven. He forgives our sins. He takes us to heaven. And so follow those paths that the Lord is leading. you. Embrace him and embrace his priorities. And next Paul wrote to to tell Titus how to instruct the young men. Okay, young men. he gave one instruction. He said, verse six, likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Okay, young men, rein it in. Young men, you're so full of testosterone, you're so full uh, of daring and passion and, and, and you can be so passionate and so strong and so charming and so stupid and so insensitive. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And then all the charisma of being a young man and then the Bible is saying here, just rein it in, bring it under the control of the Holy Spirit. just rein it in and so bring passions and emotions under control. Passion's great. Passion's great, but don't rely on others to control you. let the Holy Spirit control you. Let the Holy Spirit leave you with the strength that God has given you, with the drive that he's given you, with the charisma he's given, place it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And you'll make an influence for this next generation because you represent Christ. He said said to those young men, be a model of good works. He said to Titus, in your teaching, show integrity and dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned. And then in verse eight, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. You know, bring those passions and emotions under control because we don't just represent us in our own strength. We represent Christ. Now, the next thing I see, the next category he addresses is bond servants, literally slaves. Now, I guess the best comparison today would be employees. Okay, employees. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They're to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So he's saying, be a good employee. Be a good employee. Don't steal. Be pleasant. Be trustworthy so that the gospel is adorned. Make the gospel attractive. That's the point. Make the gospel attractive as you relate to people in the marketplace. I've had people tell me, I, I, I really want to hire Christians, okay? And I try to hire Christians, but I tell you what, some of the Christians I hire are the worst employees I've ever had. What a terrible testimony. Don't let that be the case of arguing about everything in the world, sowing discord in the workplace. Don't be that person. Don't be so spiritually minded that you are no earthly good. So demonstrate that following Jesus makes us useful in the world. You know. So the message from this passage, as, as I'm wrapping it up, is this. Every person is important. Every person is important so that they need to receive ministry from the body of Christ. But every person is also important so that we, we should be giving ministry. Every person is important in God's plan. And, and you may come in this place and say, well, I'm just one of several hundred people. I'm not that important. You are important. God wants to use you to make a difference in someone's life. God wants you to make a difference in affecting this next generation. And so if you have Jesus in your heart, you have so much potential. And God will use you. The Lord has a plan for each of us. And you know how it starts? It starts with Jesus in our heart. If you already have Jesus, never give up. Embrace his priorities, be an intentional influence to the next generation. But if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the Bible says this, if you confess in your heart the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart, then God, then he will save you. He will save you. He will take away your sins. That's the promise for him. I want everyone to stand right. I want you to to determine yourself. I don't want you to determine whether you're older or a younger woman or man. But have you confessed the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead? If so, you will be saved. If you've not done that, would you consider that right now? Right now. Because what that does is that opens up the paths of righteousness. It opens up heaven. It's the most important thing. And if you're already on that path, Let me tell you, you are important to God. He wants to use you. He wants to use you in his power. And he will use you if you'll only let him. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I ask that you would just bless us, Lord, with an understanding of why you put us here on earth to make a difference for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And Lord, pour your power Lord, pour your Holy Spirit on every individual in this room that that calls upon your name. Because you said anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Lord, if someone has not called on your name right now, put that conviction of truth that you are alive in them. And Lord, let them call on your name right now. And Lord, open up the doors of heaven. And let them feel the hope and the joy and the peace that only you give. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. If God is calling, if you want to take a step of faith, and that step of faith may be to trust in Jesus as your Savior, you come. If God is calling you to pray about something, the altar's open, come. If God's calling you to present yourself for baptism, or He's calling you to present yourself to, to move forward in leadership or participation in membership in this church, you come. This is the moment. Why wait another day? If God's calling you,
6: Cause Jesus, you don't nothing else nothing else
5: If you'll come up here right now, just come right up here and just stand right in front of me. We have a team of, of seven ladies that are going to go to Costa Rica. They're going to go to the nest. Yeah, just come right over here, and we're going to pray over them that God sends them out in safety. They're going to leave on Tuesday. God's going to send them out, and we know he's going to bring them back. They're going to be doing a women's conference. They're going to do amazing things. So would you would you put your hand toward them? And let's pray over them. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these leaders, Lord. These servants who are going out overseas, Lord. Going into uncomfortable situations to be an intentional influence to younger women, Lord. Be an intentional influence to a next generation in another country. Lord, I pray you give them safety. Lord, I pray you would work in power. And Lord, that lives would be changed in your name. But Jesus Christ, I pray. And it's in your precious name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Grace and peace. God bless you today.